Body of Wonder, a podcast exploring the healing capacity of the human body, is produced by the Andrew Weil Center for Integrative Medicine at the University of Arizona. The Andrew Weil Center for Integrative Medicine is internationally recognized for leading the transformation of healthcare through innovative learning programs, evidence-based research, and integrative practices. To find out more, go to azcim.org slash podcast. Again, that's azcim.org slash podcast. Hi, Andy. Hi, Victoria. I am thrilled that we're going to be having Bonnie Kaplan to speak with us today about nutrition and brain health. She's come all the way from Calgary in the far north to talk to us. Yes, and uh, she's really one of the favorite speakers to our fellows and our medical students and residents in our Andrew Weil Center for Integrative Medicine training program. So I'm delighted that we get to bring her to this more general audience. And I think her work on uh, the relationship between micronutrients and mental health is just wonderful. And it's something that more people need to know about. Especially since so many people are struggling with mental health issues these days. And our conventional methods are so ineffective as well as productive of harm. So I know you've written several books on the vast array of things one can do to improve mental health, but today we'll really be focused on nutrition mm -hmm. and also on micronutrients, yep. which are minerals and vitamins that you could take as supplements. And I think we'll hear Bonnie say that micronutrient deficiency is widespread in our population. And fixable. And fixable. Hello. It is my pleasure to introduce our guest today, Dr. Bonnie Kaplan. She is a professor emerita in the Cummings School of Medicine at the University of Calgary in Alberta, Canada. And she has published really widely on the biological basis of developmental disorders and mental health, especially the contribution of nutrition to brain development and brain function. I think we have to acknowledge that Bonnie just won a major prize, the Dr. Rogers Prize for Excellence in Complementary and Alternative Medicine. Welcome, Bonnie. Thank you. Bonnie, we're so delighted that you have been teaching our fellows and our nurses and medical students and residents for a long time. But I don't know if I've ever asked you, what first drew you to this interest in nutrition and mental health? That's actually a little hard for me to answer. <laughs> I can tell you that when I was in training, getting a PhD in experimental psychology, I knew that I didn't want to be a clinician. And I was interested in experimental. And everything that I did seemed to take me toward biochemistry. So if I had to write a paper about learning and memory, I wrote it on the biochemical basis of learning and memory. And so I knew that I was physiologically oriented and biochemistry leads you to the role of nutrients in the brain. So from an early time, I knew the importance of minerals and vitamins in brain metabolism. And from there, I did a postdoc in neurophysiology and thought, that's not very interesting. So <laughs> I'd rather go back and do research with human beings. And that led me back into nutrition again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you're passionate about the importance of nutrition for brain health and also really deeply concerned about the way a lot of us are depleted. How'd you get there? Well, first of all, the passion is seeing lives transformed. 
I there was a time when I thought that minerals and vitamins could have just well they're not very sexy talking <laughs> about minerals and vitamins right they're just not they're never trendy yeah. they're so foundational so fundamental and there was a time when I thought oh they could have minimal effect on mental health but in the right formulations combined together in a broad spectrum you can transform a human being and I've seen it time and time again not every one of them because there's no magic out there you know but when you see lives transformed, you think, well, why aren't people paying attention to this? We have a huge problem with mental health, mm -hmm. where my research really has shown mm -hmm. transformative effects mm -hmm. and with broad spectrum and fast, mm -hmm. sometimes in 24 hours, is with explosive, whatever you want to call it, explosive rage, the real hmm. emotional dysregulation. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's what the MADI trial that is yeah. being run out of Oregon Health Sciences right now is focusing on that in ADHD okay. children. Now, I'm not talking about an occasional temper tantrum, but the kids who have meltdowns day after day, multiple times a day. And when they're given a broad spectrum formula, very often when they get up to therapeutic levels, it they simply stop in a day two days because mm -hmm. it's a very dynamic process it's not like i kind of picture omega-3s getting in there mm -hmm. and building cell walls which is very important and very structural and also being relevant in mitochondrial function and so forth but these minerals and vitamins are taken up right away and they're used in metabolic steps oh that's really fast yeah i seem to remember you telling a story about a young boy who was just dramatically helped. And I'm wondering if you could briefly tell that story. Sure. I'll tell you about a, study, a, a child, a man who my husband and I knew, but only casually came to our home to drop off some papers for something unrelated to our work or anything uh, on, on nutrition. And um, he looked a little tired. I said, you want to come in for a cup of coffee? We hardly knew him. And he came in for a cup of coffee and we we're sitting around talking and I said, um, you look kind of, I mean, he really looked ragged, stressed out. And I said, what's going on? Uh, do you want to share? And he told us the story of his six-year-old son, who was a darling little boy and doing so well in school. And everybody loved him. And the teacher said he was so sweet. But he would come home and have meltdown after meltdown. Now, what kind of setup is that? That's a setup <laughs> for thinking, oh, parenting skills, right? So... These responsible parents went through parenting classes, child management, family therapy, you name it, nothing was helping. And just as a, an aside, I think that this is characteristics, we know it's characteristic of tics and Tourette's mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. forth. They can kind of hold it in when they're in school and they come home and the parents, you know, they're in a safe place and they let it out. Anyway, their life was hell. It was really very, very stressful and they didn't know what to do anymore. So I told him about my research, which he didn't, wouldn't have known about. And I said, this is the kind of child where I really think we can have an impact very quickly. Would you be interested? We have safety and toxicity data. And by the way, you're not in a study and there are no consent forms. You know, I'm just telling you what the research is. And of course, he wanted to try them on his son. One problem, he couldn't swallow pills. He'd never swallowed mm -hmm. pills. Um, so I said, well, I have a training video on the internet. But that takes a couple of weeks or more. So in the meantime, here's what I would do. Go to a health food store and get a liquid mineral formula because we think the minerals are, I don't, I don't ever want to say that minerals are more important than vitamins. They aren't, but we think they are very important and very deficient uh, in our soil and in our diet. And so 
just get a liquid mineral formula and I'll give you only one guideline. Go with whatever brand. I don't know the brands. I, they're, none mm-hmm. of them are studied, so I can't recommend any. Go with one where you can get a very small bottle so you're not wasting your money if you have no effect. This was in October of 2017, two years and two months ago. And he said, he's a data guy. He said, I'll set up a spreadsheet. I'll keep track. How many meltdowns? Well, they started him on the on the minerals, and he hasn't had a meltdown in two years and Amazing. two, wow. two months. I'm not surprised at mm-hmm. all. The next morning, it wasn't instantaneous. One of the things they reported, I hear it from parents a lot, they could see him kind of working up to it, and then he would get mm-hmm. control. Mm-hmm. And now he just doesn't have them. Yeah. And as quickly as I could, I got him onto vitamins and minerals because I believe <laughs> we should have all of them. <laughs> That's great. That's a wonderful story, yeah. Bonnie. Bonnie, let me ask you, how widespread do you think micronutrient deficiency is in the North American population? Well, we have some data on that, and it's certainly over 70%. And you mm-hmm. see, if someone's deficient in one micronutrient, they're and by the way, right. we'll use micronutrients yep. mostly to refer to minerals and vitamins, yep. not like omega-3 fatty right. acids, okay. et cetera. But if no one is ever deficient in only one, mm-hmm. they because they're correlated, they go together in food. The latest research from the United States from 2012, the NHANES survey shows that about 62% of the food intake of Americans is from ultra-processed food. Now, you probably know, and many of your listeners know, the different levels of processing. Sometimes, like the World Health Organization, I think, uses three. Some researchers use four. At the top is the best, and that's whole foods. Mm -hmm. That's what we want people to eat. And then there's slightly processed, and then maybe a little more processed But once you get down to ultra-processed, there are just no nutrients there. And so I'm going to give you a slightly long answer to this because I want to tie it back to some research from the 1950s. If 62%, roughly, of the nutrient intake, it's probably higher now since 2012, of the nutrient intake is gone from the, the diets of Americans, then it's beginning to look like the starvation experiments from the University of Minnesota where they showed that 50% drop in nutrient and caloric intake for six months caused depression, anxiety, and ADHD. So what are we doing as a society if we're really not getting the nutrients in the food supply? And how do you see this correlating with affluence in society? Is it lopsided in the poor population? It's certainly, uh, there's always an SES variable that is relevant. Mm -hmm. SES? uh, Socioeconomic status. Mm-hmm. variable which is relevant but you know it it's not a perfect correlation there are people who have lots of money who think food comes in packages yep. andy would you say something about your concern about ultra processed food because i know often when people wrestle with all of the different diets out there you give some very particular recommendations well you know i i I'm a proponent of the anti-inflammatory diet that I developed, and I constantly tell people that the first rule of that is to avoid refined, processed, and manufactured food and to eat foods as close to the way nature produces them as possible. Right. So simple rule. And do you think that you can get all of the micronutrients you need, all the minerals and vitamins from eating that healthy anti-inflammatory diet? Well, if you eat a variety of good quality fruits and vegetables and other foods. And if those foods have the balance of micronutrients that nature provides. And the soil's healthy. Well, that's yes, exactly. 
Yeah. And may I add one yes. more qualifier? Yeah. And if you are not in a family with an inherited predisposition mm -hmm. to need more micronutrients than other people, we have 50, roughly 50 examples of this in physical health, but no one has studied it yet in mental uh -huh. health. Maybe someone listening will. Examples, they were put together uh, in, in an article by Bruce Ames in 2002. And in every one of those cases of inborn errors of metabolism, people needed an unusually large amount of vitamins. They weren't even looking at minerals mm -hmm. for certain me metabolic steps to happen. And just by feeding those people vitamins at the end point, you're able to totally control the symptoms. Someone's got to look at mental health in the same way because mm -hmm. probably it's true there too. Well, I'm hopeful that as the field of nutrigenomics develop, we will be able to more easily identify the people who are outliers, who on one hand, maybe whatever they eat, they live a long, healthy life. And on the other hand, people who desperately need supplementation. Right. Uh, Victoria, I think it was Bruce Ames uh, who said that one of the most effective public health strategies that we could do is to supply school children free of charge with a multi-nutrient supplement. That's right. He wrote yeah. about that quite a bit. One thing I have to say, here we are taping this in Tucson, Arizona, is I'm proud that the state of Arizona actually does provide free multinutrients to all women of childbearing age. Mm -hmm. There is a website, it's az to me and it's a way for anyone, uh, any woman of childbearing age, which is an especially important time to supplement. Very much true, yeah. Bonnie, I have a question. Sure. I encounter more and more these days an anti-supplement bias oh. on the part of physicians, the general public. I recently gave a talk on uh, supplements to an audience that had a lot of Europeans in it. And a number of the Europeans said that, you know, we don't use supplements and, you know, we're told that you can get everything you need from food. There have been more and more articles coming out in the medical press and in the popular press saying that supplements are dangerous, right. that they're more likely to do harm than good. Mm -hmm. And then there's a contingent of people who are very vocal in saying that we have to get everything we need from food and that it's a mistake to take supplements. I wonder how you respond mm. to that and how you feel about that. Well, I totally agree with you that it's best to get it all mm -hmm. from food because Mother Nature knows how to package it. And if the soil is of good quality, you get not only the roughly 30 vitamins and minerals, but you get, what, 1,000, 2,000 phytonutrients, mm -hmm. most of which haven't been named, defined, studied, etc. Yep. Food first, absolutely. But... If you live in North America where 97% or more of our food is grown with glyphosate mm -hmm. Roundup, which sequesters minerals and make them less accessible to our consumption, the Europeans so far, you know, and unless the Brits change things, they're saying they might, they don't permit glyphosate on their, on their land. I don't think you can be sure that you will in fact be able to get all the nutrients we need. Mm -hmm. In Canada, I have some data. I think I presented it at the last conference. I can't recall. A distribution of 40 soil samples. Yes, I, I saw that. that. Right. I was appalled because that was across 30% of the Canadian arable land, the four mm -hmm. Western provinces. Mm -hmm. And all I did was chart them the way we do blood tests, you know, uh, who was kind of at the minimal level. And, and with all of the nutrients, all, all of the minerals that should have been in the soil, not a single one. Magnesium came close in like 30 out of 40 of the samples. It was almost okay. But the other minerals were not. 
so would be a problem. Andy, one of the things that I've heard you say many times, and sometimes in the context when studies come out negative, is that it's really the synergism of this complexity of vitamins and minerals. And that when someone studies one vitamin or one mineral and says it doesn't work, on some level, you're not surprised. Well, I have often uh, talked about and written about the difference between the complex productions of nature and the reductionistic use of single compounds. You know, you, you look at something like vitamin E, there are eight isomers that are produced in nature, and often only one of them is in supplement form and only one of them has been studied. Uh, same thing with the carotenoids. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a time when I told people who were smokers to take beta carotene to reduce risk of lung cancer. It turns out it increases risk of lung cancer, although we know that that fruits and vegetables containing an array of carotenoids is cancer protective. So I think that's a general principle is that, and this is one reason that supplements are not substitutes for the whole foods that contain them because at best they're partial representations of these complexes that nature produces. That's a brilliant comment. And I'll just say the same thing from the research perspective. Mm -hmm. We who are trained in the scientific method of our generations and who go on to NIH review boards are so directed toward the idea that you change one independent yeah. variable at a yeah. time that every single proposal, even by very experienced clinical trialist to study a broad spectrum approach has been rejected. One was sent back specifically saying, we love the team. We love the proposal. This is very competent. Absolutely. Would you please resubmit it with one nutrient? <laughs> I mean, they don't get <laughs> yeah. the idea of how biology works. Right. I think we have a problem too. I want um, our listeners to get some practical recommendations from mm -hmm. both of you. So Bonnie, you first, from that perspective of find the healthiest food first. How do people do that? <laughs> well, if you have a lot of money, it's not hard. You go to Whole Foods or, or um, what's the other one you have here? Um, we have Sprouts and we have Trader and Joe's. And Trader and, Joe's. And yeah, Western Canada, we don't have grocery. any of those, right? Uh -huh. But we do have some natural groceries. Uh -huh. But so if you have lots of money and you eat lots of whatever, lobster, whatever, you get all that you need um, as best you can. But to me, there is a hidden gem um, that shouldn't be so hidden for people who are on a budget. And that is, and I think every mental health clinic should be teaching this, and that is how to cook from dried beans, legumes, mm -hmm. lentils, mm -hmm. because there are, you can, you can Google like white bean recipes, mm -hmm. and uh, I think 3.6 million recipes pop up <laughs> in about two seconds. Right? And you can, I'm not suggesting you do this, but you could live on $5 worth of beans mm -hmm. in a week, right? Mm -hmm. And we have people where I live who have helped parents actually calculate how they're saving money when they switch to a whole mm -hmm. foods, cooking from dried beans and mm -hmm. legumes uh, kind of diet. And mm -hmm. they're amazed, but, you know, chips cost a lot. <laughs> I think it's a great mistake that the extreme paleo people and keto people make is to exclude beans from the diet. Yeah, I agree. And then there's another crowd that says that beans have lectins in them with interfere with digestion, and so they're not good foods. Right. But, you know, I think they're excellent foods. I think they are, too. So, Andy, beyond beans, what would you suggest to our <laughs> listeners from that food-first perspective? How do you get the minerals, the vitamins, the other phytochemicals that are of value? Well, I think one uh, suggestion is to eat across the color spectrum every yeah. day because uh, each 
color category of produce has different micronutrients and phytonutrients that are useful to us. Another is to use a variety of herbs and spices, which are mm -hmm. also sources of unique mm -hmm. uh, phytoprotective compounds, as well as good quality beverages. Mm -hmm. So I, I think there's it, variety, fresh, natural. You know, those are the whole foods. Those are the qualities you want to look for. Now, neither of you have mentioned organic which is interesting to me because I often think of organic as a strategy, one, to reduce pesticides and herbicides and fungicides, but also maybe there is some evidence to suggest slightly higher levels of antioxidant vitamins because the plant may be more stressed. Not My having... impression is that the literature is very contradictory mm. there, that you have studies mm -hmm. saying yes, studies saying mm -hmm. no. But what mm -hmm. there is no argument about is that there are lower levels of agrochemicals, mm -hmm. which can't be good for us. Right. And, you know, and the only question is how bad they are and probably not good. Probably yeah. not. Yeah. I wish the people who were looking at how good or bad they were would stop focusing only on cancer. Yes. And that bugs me. People say, oh, there isn't clear evidence that glyphosate causes cancer. Right although some courts have disagreed yeah. only. <laughs> How about neurological diseases, exactly. for example? Yeah. Think about our brains. Yeah. So thinking about our brains, are there any foods that you'd especially recommend to help people who are struggling with either anxiety or depression? I don't think there are specific foods. Well, I'm what about omega-3 sources? Sure. You know, we know that they're protective against depression. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are, many people are deficient in them in our population. You said that was not really strictly a micronutrient. Well, but, but it's they're very relevant. essential fats. Right. And, you, you know, you get them mostly from fish sources. There are plant sources that are not quite as good. But I think that's one that I would focus on, certainly. And the other are B vitamins, which you've talked about a lot. Right. But you see, I guess I saw the question a little different differently. There is no one food for right. B vitamins. There is no one source for omega-3s. But of course, for omega-3s, fish. Is but how about the, the old adage that fish is a brain food? Oh, it's <laughs> true. Which it turns out is true. To be, it's true. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. But for B vitamins, it's, you know, especially green le leafy vegetables. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the research that I've you've heard me present on B vitamins helping with resilience yep. in the face of stress. Well, we can talk maybe about specific supplements, but I was thinking about a colleague, Dr. Felice Jacka's work mm -hmm. that uh, shows Mediterranean diet, which isn't one food, it's no. a group of foods, helps reduce depression. Right. There are now three, all from Australia, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Felice Jacka, Natalie Parlett, and uh, somebody, Francis, I don't think I know the first name, three independent scientists, mm -hmm. three independent groups that have all done whole-of-diet treatment studies mm -hmm. that just knock your socks off. Mm -hmm. And they've all basically been Mediterranean-type, whole-food diet, lots of color, and everything that Andy mm -hmm. has been saying, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And the latest one, they showed a significant drop in depression in three weeks. Hmm. Three weeks. Really? Yes. That's faster than many antidepressants. Oh, of course. Yeah. Well, with supplements, <laughs> we see a change sometimes in a day or two. Yeah. So let's talk about supplements. If you're thinking specifically about anxiety, are there supplements that you would recommend? I can think of, of uh, botanicals that I would certainly recommend like mm -hmm. kava, but I don't know about supplements for anxiety. Right. So the, the integrative psychiatrists that I know best who work with anxiety all tell me it's a little bit harder to treat than depression or mm -hmm. certainly than mood dysregulation. They start out with a broad spectrum micronutrient formula, but then they often are adding for anxiety. They have residual anxiety. They add inositol mm -hmm. a lot of the time, L-theanine mm -hmm. a lot of the time, broad spectrum amino acids, 
that type of thing. As a non-clinician, I don't have an opinion as to what is really best. I just know the research on inositol is pretty good. Mm-hmm. And you could use it even in children. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's sweet. You can yes. sprinkle it on your cereal. It's wonderful. Yeah. How about for depression? Any particular supplements you'd recommend there? Well, there, there's, I think, a lot. I mean, Mm -hmm. certainly the B vitamins, but some interesting research on vitamin D Mm -hmm. and correlations with depression. I think for depression, and omega-3 supplementation, certainly. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think there's some data from New Zealand showing, um, I don't remember the percentage right now, but uh, I think close to 50% drop in depression with people given a broad spectrum formula. But we don't have, that was a secondary finding, we don't have a study of a broad spectrum formula Mm -hmm. on people selected for depression that has to be funded at some point (laughs) in the future when we find a scientist who will do it. Bonnie, I was fascinated by some, some research I saw uh, that showed a high level of schizophrenia in migrant workers from Africa to Scandinavian countries, uh, which was associated with vitamin D deficiency. You know, dark-skinned people who came to the far north and unusual rates of psychosis. I mean, interesting correlation there. Uh, yeah, it's not surprising to me. I have a friend who's a retired psychiatrist in Stockholm who specialized in treating a lot of the women who came from Arab countries and were covered completely and she couldn't convince them to let the sun shine on their skin, right? Huh. And she used a lot of vitamin D, but it was very, very hard, very hard to treat. Mm-hmm. I have a question that I like to ask our guests. What about a guilty pleasure? Here we are talking about healthy food and nutrition and um, living a healthy life. What's your guilty pleasure in that realm? <laughs> um, well, I always say life is not living with worth living without an occasional chocolate chip cookie. Okay? <laughs> and I tell people a lot of the public lectures I give, I'm urging mental health clinics to be teaching about nutrition and what nutrients do in the brain. Because where I live anyway, even physicians say that vitamins and minerals are not important for brain function because they weren't taught about brain metabolism. So, uh, and then they want to know, well, practically, what should you do? And I always say step by step. So start with one thing per week, maybe getting off of soda, off onto um, carbonated water, because Mm -hmm. a lot of people get used to carbonation Mm -hmm. and they can't just go to water. And whatever you're doing, one item by one item, you know, 80-20, if you're eating right, according to your ideals, 80% of the time, have your chocolate chip cookie. (laughs) Great. So practical tip number one was get off the soda. It's a good place uh, to begin. You could try uh, carbonated water, seltzer right. instead. Uh, Andy, have a tip number two? Well, I say not only soda, it's sweetened, sweetened liquids in yes, general. I, I think agree. it's all sweet liquids. Mm-hmm. It's energy drinks. It's putting sugar in tea and coffee. It's fruit juice. Mm-hmm. You know, all of that. If we could get people to stop drinking sweet liquids, we'd be well ahead of the curve. Absolutely. Yeah. And what do you think about that 80-20 rule? Sure. <laughs> it's a good ideal to strive for. Is that how you live or are you 100%? No, I'm certainly not 100%. No. Would you like to share with our listeners one guilty food pleasure that you have? Well, I love good pizza, which I think of mm. as one of the essential food groups. <laughs> but it has to be very good. Okay. So I'm wondering whether, Bonnie, you have a question for one of us or Andy, if you have an additional question. 
Well, I, you know, as I talked about this anti-supplement bias that I'm running into oh. more and more, you know, there, there have been headlines in, um, one was in the Wall Street Journal a few years ago that taking a multivitamin will kill you. Mm -hmm. And in the wake of that, a number of my colleagues said, oh, I'm going to stop taking a multinutrient. I'm going to tell all my patients to stop taking them. And I wonder where this is coming from. I mean, how much of it is, you know, is it coming from the medical pharmaceutical establishment, which is threatened by people having direct access to yeah. products that work? Is it ignorance of this from lack of education about it? You know, all of these things. Yeah, I have a great slide. Actually, yeah. Julia Rutledge made it up. And it's all New Zealand articles, headline after headline. There are about 12 of them. Is your vitamin killing you? <laughs> well, don't take your vitamins and all that kind of thing. As usual, it's a matter of education. I have noticed in Canada with our the national paper that I read, which is called The Globe and Mail, mm -hmm. I've noticed that a lot of these articles come all together. Like in one month, there'll be a whole series of articles from different people, and then you don't read anything. Huh. And I think it's an infusion of pharmaceutical money. It must be. Because it's just not distributed in, in a normal way or triggered by anything. But it's, may I just add that yeah. it, the one way I think to really educate people, I can tell you that in Canada, and I'm sorry, I don't know the American stats, that since Health Canada, began, that's like our FDA, uh, began keeping track uh, in 1967, there has never been a fatality from mm. a natural health product mm -hmm. like a vitamin or a mineral. Mm -hmm. Never one reported. You just compare that to the stats on medications. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's what you have to teach people. Yeah. Learn more about these and other topics featured on Body of Wonder with online courses from the Andrew Weil Center for Integrative Medicine. Use the promotional code WONDER20. That's W-O-N-D-E-R-2-0 for 20% off any online standalone course. More information can be found at azcim.org slash podcast. Again, use the promotional code WONDER20 for 20% off any online standalone course. Lately, I've been hanging out with a lot of agricultural folks. And I've been learning a lot about the soil and getting invited to a lot of interesting conferences where people are working so hard to try to change the way we think in North America about the soil and to start mm -hmm. valuing it. And they love hearing from me because I, to them, I'm kind of closing the loop and showing why they need to keep caring about the soil That's because it's great. a help, public health yeah. issue. And I wondered if the two of you have started attending or getting involved with any of the agricultural groups that are working on soil? Well, we have some connections with the agricultural groups here in Arizona and through the University of Arizona. And mm -hmm. a, a number of our graduates are very interested in this issue. Um, so I'd say we're starting to put attention on it. Good. Okay. And I think one of the exciting changes that is a change for the good is uh, the interest in gardening, which of course is an interest in soil. Mm -hmm. So uh, in Tucson, we have an amazing um, set of community gardens. They're linked to our community food bank. They're linked to our public schools. They're linked to our College of Public Health. And so you see this whole interconnected network that is, again, teaching people how to garden and hopefully create healthier food. Right. So thank you so much, Bonnie, for coming and being our guest on Body of Wonder and thank our listeners. We are eager to have your questions and we have set up a phone number. It is in the United States, 
621-3950. If you have questions, you can leave them and we will uh, attempt to include them in our future podcasts. Uh, We also ask that you subscribe to the podcast and let your friends know about it. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Body of Wonder brought to you by the Andrew Weil Center for Integrative Medicine. If you like the show, please rate us five stars, subscribe to our channel, and leave a review. To learn more about integrative healing and the center, go to azcim.org slash podcast. Again, that's azcim.org slash podcast.